0: Hello, it is your host, Mariam Ernest, and welcome to the Recovery from Fragmented Families podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, my wonderful listeners and subscribers, who have been affected by family estrangement, and now you seek out your own journey to emotional recovery, inner healing and self-discovery. This podcast will cover all aspects of family estrangement and we'll dig deeper to uncover the deep seated reasons of why people choose to cut ties with their families for good or why others have been cut off by their families. But most importantly, we will cover how they have made a full recovery from this or at least how to live with it. These conversations will not only inspire you, Motivate you and educate you, but will also serve as a guide to a life of fulfillment free from anger and resentment by activating your inner strength of resilience and transforming your mindset. We can't wait for you to join us. You are amongst families and friends. So let's get started on this journey. So hello guys, for this week's episode, I have my amazing guest. Not only she's a friend of mine, I feel like she's a sister in spirit. Uh, And you might think, why am I gonna say that? Because since I met Roberta at the beginning of the year, we've pretty much remained in contact at least, the longest it's gone has probably been two weeks. Now what's so interesting about Roberta is that she's so highly passionate about helping people and she's always cheering people on. And I think with many of the women that we met around January, they can testify to this, that Roberta is that person you have in your corner. She's just so loving, so giving, always pouring into people all the time, right? And if anybody's listening to this podcast and you ro- you know Roberta, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes I wonder where when she gives, it's almost like she's giving from a bottomless well uh, or like a cup that is just forever it's is just forever green uh, and forever pouring out. And so when in, in our, within our com- communications, I got to learn that Roberta has a very, very interesting story. And one of my saying is that when we share our experiences and our stories, it allows people to see themselves in us and actually give them permission whether to heal or give them permission to make the next best move. Now, Roberta is brilliant, and at the moment, she does mentoring for, uh, she has a mentoring group called Teen to Beyond, so Teen Mom to Beyond, and she's providing mentoring for those teen moms and their parents in order for them to transition, because as you know, being a teen parent can be a very scary thing. So, So I don't do Roberta injustice, I'm just going to let Roberta speak. Come
1: on, Roberta. Well, hello, Miss Mariam. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And as you mentioned, I am the founder of Teen Moms to Beyond. And this will be a resource for products of teen mothers as well as former teen moms. Mm-hmm. So I am looking forward to working with this community because I want People to know that you don't have to stay stuck in any situation, challenge, or circumstance that you don't want to stay stuck in. So thank you for having me on today.
0: It's my pleasure. And one of the reasons that I have you on, because I feel like you're such a brilliant mind, not only a brilliant mind, but your outlook in life is, is very unique. And I say that it's very unique because your story that you come forward with, uh, even your own experiences as a teen mom, your background, your family's background, all of that I would say it serves as a recipe for many people in life who are still very much stuck today because of the circumstances that they came into this world in. Yet there's you are here as a beacon of light, as a you're shining your light bright. All the time, yet behind that there's a tapestry of so much trauma, there's a tapestry of so much that's happened, so many emotional bombs, things that could completely and utterly derail you. So, Roberta, would you can you kindly share those stories with my listeners?
1: Absolutely, Marion. Well, again, my story began being pregnant at the age of 14 and just really not understanding what I had done. And so as I began the journey of motherhood, I began to see that I was a generation, I was continuing the generational cycle uh, or what we sometimes know as a generational curse. And I began to look at my mother's life. I looked at my life and I just saw it was how parallel it was. And in the brokenness of being a teen mom, I I wanted to do something different. I wanna do something different than what I had seen my mother do for me. And that is break the cycle, break it, because it's just a choice to make that I am going to break it. I am going to choose to do something different. My mother had me at the age of 16 and I had my first son at the age of 15. And so not really understanding what motherhood entailed at that age, because I was still growing up. I was in middle school, junior high school around that age when I got pregnant. Didn't understand where the resources were coming, but I knew I had to provide for myself as well as my son, because one thing that I had noticed about my mother is what is that she provided for me. You know, she provided the best she could provide for me and so I did have that example but along with that I noticed again that pattern of I was rejected and abandoned by my father and then my son's father rejected and and abandoned him as well and so a father gives the child their identity so I grew up not really knowing my value not really knowing my worth but I just kind of made a commitment to myself that I was going to learn how to give what I wanted, you know, whether, and I think I learned easier to give it to others than to be able to give it to myself because I knew that was a void missing in my life. I had a, a stepfather that was visible, but there were so many pieces missing. And I know my mom wanted to just get away from home and provide a life for what she thought would be best for us. But it really wasn't that the best life that we could have had. And so even though some of the choices that I made early on in my son's life, I know that I could have done better now looking back almost 35 years ago because he will be 35 years um, of age in August. And wow. so I just, I, yes, I, I, it's hard to believe it. And, I, and I just turned 50 in March. So, but no. just being, but being able to really keep that, Dialogue, dialogue open for my mother, as well as my son, it has really helped me. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to do the Teen Moms to be Beyond, because I, when I look at where I've been and I look at the product that I come from, you know, be, like I said, being a product of a teen mother, as well as being a former teen mother and just mm-hmm. making a choice to want a better life. Because it's all in a decision. Even when we make a decision to be happy or mm-hmm. choose joy, mm-hmm. it's still a choice. Everything is with a, it's, it's the way we respond. Are we, or do we choose to respond or, we, or do we choose to react? Do we choose to be proactive or we choose mm-hmm. to be reactive? And so Absolutely. once I, once I learned that I couldn't be proactive in the choice that I had already made, Mm -hmm. And that is to have a child at the age of 15. I couldn't be proactive with that, but I could respond differently being the teen mother that I was being groomed to be to be for my son.
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like your son, you you've raised such an incredible young man from the way you've spoken of your family and stuff.
1: I think so. I think so, because he's been a part of the journey as I was growing, maturing, developing, learning. He was right there. So we we had to grow up together.
0: I can imagine, honestly, and it would have been I could imagine just how scary would have been at the age of 14. And and now that that experience that you went through and now you're using it now to. Uh, help others, you know, it's about turning your pain into purpose, I guess, that's what they would normally say.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and, and it's necessary, because when people see a person that is resilient, a person that, again, makes a decision, because we all are faced with decisions each yeah. day, there are daily decisions, and when I chose to move forward, I chose not to become stuck I chose not to be a statistic. I chose to look at this as a blessing and not a curse, even though I had to break the curse because I didn't want to continue in the cycle and just feeling like I was stuck and I couldn't do any better than what was presented before me. And so when you have a a child that you have to feed, a child that you have to clothe, a child that you have to love. And mm. you don't even know what that feels like for yourself. Yes. Oh, wow. You have to make a decision to do something different. different.
0: And from, from what I can see now, you're an educator as well. And how did that journey begin? Because now you have to do something different. You have to break the curse. You're an amazing educator. You work in the school and you work with actually teenagers, right? Adolescents. So how, do,
1: how did you become you today? Wow, Marion, that I feels like that, I feel like that is a loaded question. <laughs> and I and I really have to say I have become who I am today is just by grace and it's just by living moment by moment and just being patient with the process. You know, I know sometimes we hear people say trust the process, but mm. we also have to be patient with the process. Because one of the things that I saw with my son as I wanted to provide a better life. He was patient with me. He was patient with me as his mother, because we can't get another mother. You know, we don't order. We don't pre-order our parents. No, we cannot choose to get another person. Oh, I don't like this one because they don't love me. They don't. They didn't want me, you know, and I had a conversation recently with my mom and it was really a heart to heart. It was a hard heart to heart conversation as it related to that. And again, going back to the cycle, being broken and going back to the the parallelism there regarding our life. And I had to share with her. I said, mom, I said, my I said, you had a child with someone that you did not love. Mm -hmm. They did not love you, but you love me. And I had a child with someone that I did not love. They did not love. But I love my son. Mm. So I understand. I understand how we love differently because having a child with your husband versus Mm -hmm. having your child with someone that, you know, in in my mother's case, being violated. And so for me, making a choice, even at that age, not understanding the choice that I had made, you know, to say yes, but what are you saying yes to? Not Mm. understanding fully what I had committed myself to for True. just that moment. So that's why I say we have to be patient with the moments yeah. and just, you know, give ourselves the grace and the patience to just go through the process of wow. becoming who we are going to be. And so, and for me, so that I can bring glory to to God because I believe that, you know, he has continued to bless me and show me who Mm -hmm. he is in my life, you know, after being, you know, committed to wanting to be a better mother for my, for my, for my uh, son, not that my mom wasn't a better mother for me, or I'm comparing it because there is no comparison. There is no competition. Mm -hmm. She gave me what she had available and I took that and I wanted to make it better because each generation we should be, we should become, we should be becoming better people, Absolutely. better parents, you know, better partners, better, you know, in all the aspects of who we are in our individuality. Absolutely. And so, and so I wanted to do that for my son as well as for myself.
0: Absolutely. Wow. And um, one of the things that you mentioned that in terms of how you, your son came to be and and how you came to be. Was, um, you know, uh, with your mom is actually even more traumatic. The fact that you said she was violated. And then as a result,
1: here you are. What did that look like for you growing up? It didn't, you know, it didn't have an image for me, uh, Marion. It really didn't, because I was that lost little child that always needed to be approved. I always wanted to be validated because, you know, as I said earlier, your father gives you the identity. So I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I belonged to. I didn't know, you know, that I I just didn't know how to navigate through as a little girl. Mm. I, I felt like I was always chasing something that did not belong to me. Absolutely. And that was me looking for a father, looking for someone to want me as their own daughter. Mm.
0: Because I said your stepdad was there, but he wasn't. He was there. He was, he was there. present, but he was, not in that way.
1: Exactly. And, and just, you know, again, sometimes in cultural differences, mm-hmm. you know, the man is looked upon as the provider as well as a protector, mm-hmm. but it's so much more to parenthood. Absolutely. You it know, is. it is so much more than just providing and protecting. Yes. It and is. so I, I didn't have... No one to speak life over me and into me. Mm. And and I needed that so desperately. So I just kind of began my journey at, in prayer and I prayed and, and God would respond to me with certain prayers and I wanted to give what I didn't have. That mm. was always because I see sometimes how people make those excuses. Well, I don't know how to do that because I never had. Well, yes. I don't know. And so, again, it goes back to what choices do we make for our own lives? What choices Mm. can we make? What choices are available for us to make to make my to make your own life better as well as someone else's life? Because, again, it was me and my son. That was Mm. a partnership. That was a parent. That was a parenthood. And so that was family. And so I didn't want to let him down. Absolutely. I did not. And I didn't want him to be looked upon as a statistic or an excuse or a reason mm. why I wasn't successful. Mm. He gave me my fuel because my mom, now that I understand, she was paralyzed with much fear. I and imagine. so she, she didn't graduate from high school, she went to work to provide for us she got married like with you know two years later on my second Mm -hmm. birthday actually she got married on my second birthday and so I always felt like I was invisible in that Mm -hmm. marriage to herself to her to myself dad to her husband I felt invisible like I wanted you know like they wanted to just wipe me away and so for me to feel that growing up Mm -hmm. I didn't want that to dictate my destiny and, t- and the way I position myself to love myself as well as love others
0: absolutely and I can see the way you love others is as I said it, it comes across as in, it's coming from a place of abundance like always pouring into people I remember when we had one of other conversation and um, you explained how you came to meet your dad and how you pretty much were estranged from him uh, not uh, your biological dad apologies, Um, when you, by the time when you came to meet him and the prayer that you put in and how that relationship later just kind of became spaced, right? So are you able to talk a little bit more about that?
1: Oh, yes. It is such a joy to give people the grace that you've been given. And that's one of the things that I really am so grateful because people can feel the grace, they can feel the unconditional love. And I wanted to give my my dad that, my biological dad that, because I just felt like he never had the opportunity. My dad was incarcerated out of 50 years of my life. He was incarcerated 44 years. Wow. So, so literally when I met him, he was incarcerated. And, you know, I met my uncle first because, you know, of course, in families, you know, you have relatives that know the story, but they can't share the story with you until you become of age. Of course. And so I didn't get the story, the full story. I always knew because I knew it was just something different about me and my siblings. Mm-hmm. And I felt that, you know, I felt that. And I, so I know sometimes people grow up and they are adopted and they're in blended families and they don't feel anything, but yeah. I literally felt estranged. strange, I felt, like an outcast growing Mm -hmm. up i I always felt like i never belonged so i went on the quest to find who i was and who did i belong to and so i met my dad and it was beautiful you know i just didn't like the fact that he was incarcerated and i really could not develop the relationship that i had wanted early on in my life and Mm -hmm. so He's been, you know, you know, released from prison now. And so it's just been a beautiful relationship for me not to have expectation, mm-hmm. but just to allow him to be dedicated as much as he wants to be dedicated to us at this mm-hmm. stage. Right.
0: And you had mentioned that your dad has got siblings as well. What does that look like in terms of getting to know the other side of the family who pretty much wow. you couldn't, you know you couldn't merge with them in a way that you would have wanted to as a child?
1: Well, I just look at it right now as whatever time I do have, and I've actually known them for, oh gosh, 30 years now. So, mm-hmm. I you know, when I met him 30 years ago now, I met him 30 years ago. So I was able to learn the family, you know, mm-hmm. spend some time with some of his family members. and then And then I have siblings as well. And so I understand sometimes because that foundation is not as solid that mm-hmm. we don't we don't maintain those relationships. Mm. But I'm always open to it. You know, I'm always open to having that relationship with them and loving them, and they and I feel loved by them. You know, his family. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, what's the relationship with your like? Uh, so, what's what's the relationship like with your dad now?
1: It is being restored because I just feel like it's it has not been what it needed to be early on. Mm-hmm. So I feel that it's being restored to the original purpose mm. of just getting to know, you know, how when the baby comes home, you're learning, yes. you know, what time the baby is going to, how long the baby is going to sleep, what time the baby is going to wake up, what the baby is going to process. <laughs> yes, yes. So again, I say, I'm patient with that process of just getting to know him. What are his likes, dislikes? Mm -hmm. And we speak once or twice a week because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I just want to hear his voice and then he'll Mm -hmm. just call me and want to hear my voice. And again, there's no expectation because we're just being patient with the process of what we have now. Yes.
0: Absolutely, because I think you said you know in all the years he's, he's only been up for very very short time.
1: Very short time, and,
0: you know, since you you were since you were a child, and you have to start building these foundations slowly, without mm-hmm. much expectation, because you understand your dad comes from very traumatic background as well, and some of the exactly. things that we naturally do uh, might not come naturally to the other person, right? So mm-hmm. at the beginning, going back to say that you know the circumstance that you're growing up affected um in terms of how you view your your self-worth right yes and when did you have that that ha ha moment like you know what i don't really have a self-worth and if i don't have it it might make me behave in such a way but because you had an awareness that you don't have it you obviously cultivated a different mindset that allow you to take this uh, to take the steps that you did take right so how did you manage
1: to cultivate that mindset That was really challenging because I was always looking for the love in the wrong places. I was looking for people to be something that they could not be for me. And a lot, you know, a lot of failures, a lot of, you know, how we were learning how to crawl. We're learning how to walk. We're learning how to stand. So a lot of experiences with those motions and movements in my life Mm to where I just kind of got fed up with just being in that same cycle of not knowing who I was and who Mm -hmm. I needed to be and wanted to be for myself. I wanted to be more for myself because I did not want to give out of a place of drought. Mm. And so I felt that when I was continuing to give to relationships as I was a younger woman, you know, learning about men, you know, in my life that they mirrored some of my dad because they, and I didn't know this of course, because it was abandonment and a lot of immaturity because even with my dad being, you know, he's, he's 20 years older than I, you know, my mom was 16 and he was 20 when I was born. Wow! And so that development and that maturing and not having that, myself and then being a product of that so I made a lot of choices that did not reflect who I should have and could have been as a young woman yes
0: but when I speak with you often you have so much compassion for the younger you hence why the compassion comes in to work with teen moms, right? And this is that, that evergreen thing that you give up from all the time, Roberta, which what makes you such a spectacular person, right? With such an amazing story. And I feel that some of the uh, things that we've shared with me today and in the past, when I often read stories of estrangement, literally there's a recipe to estrangement and some of your circumstances that you've gone through, they literally fit the description of that. But here you are today, you have no expectation with your father's relationship, but it's, it's, it's a building step one by one. And with your mom, it sounds like you're very much together in such a compassionate way. You understand each other. You can see where she came from. you also also understanding context that she was only able to provide you the best way she could with the resources that she had at the time. And like you, you're giving your mom the grace, your son's giving you the grace. And now you're changing this particular trajectory of where things are going. So
1: but Miriam, yeah. it's only been recent, you know, with my mom, I struggled so yeah. much with her because I was angry and disappointed with her. So it's only been within the last year to be honest with you regarding my mother. I gave my, my, my dad more grace because I felt like he didn't have a say in it because he was locked up. You know, he wasn't able to Mm. do anything because he made a choice at that time. He made a choice at that time to do those things and it did not allow him the Mm. opportunity to, to be in my life. Whereas my mom, she made a choice to not involve him or to even share that part of who I was. And so it was just really kind of, you know, I I really had anger toward her to be honest. And I wanted her to really just kind of tell me why I felt that she took that part from me, because Mm -hmm. even if he wasn't there, just the fact that knowing that I had another father outside of my stepdad, I feel like, you know, not now, but growing up. Mm-hmm. I felt like I would have felt that I belonged to somebody Something. versus yeah, versus you forcing me to um you know forcing a person to accept me as your daughter, mm. but they're really not so there's so many dynamics to relationships, you know, with the fragmented families when you have mm. the blended families, and how does a father really loves another child when you know there's a blended family, and then how does a mother really mm accept those bonus children of the of her husband. So it has Mm -hmm. taught me because I've been able to see from so many Many. positions in this relationship from from just from where my dad was to where my stepdaddy was and where my mom was in my life. Mm -hmm. So it just again it gives me compassion for people because when I look at the broken pieces, the fragmented pieces in our lives and choices that people have made for us and some of the choices that we've made for ourselves, yes. we still have the opportunity to, to make it better. Absolutely. So why not? So why not? Exactly.
0: You know, it goes, uh, there's that saying that we wake up every day with a chance to start again.
1: Yes. So
0: every, every single day we have a chance. It's to a new started. day. It's a new day. It's true. It's, it's a, a new day. day. And we, yes, you know, we could be going through things and it really just depends how we choose to reframe the narrative of this and actually gratitude that you're waking up tomorrow is a new day to start fresh in whatever it is that you choose to but we know i'm 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 such a redu- reductionist i'm just kind of making it so simplistic but we know there's a lot of mental process that got into uh, that goes into a new day and starting again we know it's not that simple because we know the brain doesn't like change doesn't like it doesn't like to be introduced a new concept immediately there's a level of resistance that we tend to experience when we want to do that so the fact that you're here today and I'm speaking to you in such a way it means that you've cultivated a new day at least many a times to get you here today absolutely
1: it was mandatory for me because again I did not want to continue the cycle of being a pessimistic person looking mm. at what i've been robbed of mm. versus what i still had available for me Absolutely. because now i do have i do have a dad that wants to spend time with me that checks on me that loves me i feel the love and it's out of the it's out of his capacity it's not out of my capacity it's out of his capacity and i'm mm. able to love him out of my capacity you know with the grace the mercy the compassion, all of those things that I make available for him. Mm-hmm. And so, because, you know, just like sometimes we as children, we have to teach our parents things. You know, we don't yes. always get every lesson from them. We we get life lessons through living and making our mm-hmm. own decisions. And sometimes we have to reach back for them and find those pieces that are not easily found depending yes. on what what was hindering your view. And so for me, I just, I really, when I say this, I really am sincere when I say this. I choose love. I just choose, because love feels better it and it, tre- it treats us better, but it's a choice. Again, it's an action, but it's also a choice to love versus Absolutely. hating, hating. I, 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 I can't hate my mom. I can't hate my dad. I can't hate God because I have too much life to live, too much purpose to give in the people that I've been blessed to have in my life. And so it starts at home, you know, with my children, with my husband. And so I, I'm grateful that I just made a choice not to look at, you know, being a child born in, you know, born to an unwed mother Mm. and just look, looked upon as, a troublemaker because you have so many issues and distractions and detours Mm -hmm. when you feel abandoned and rejected when you don't feel love when you don't feel the love from anyone really because sometimes when you don't feel the love from your parents you don't know how to receive it from others
0: no you don't you you really don't actually more importantly you wouldn't even know how to recognize it
1: as oh absolutely and sometimes it can
0: lead us to when people give you little crumbs of things you're latching on, but actually what they're giving you, um, you can make a way, you can open doors for predatory behavior from others if you're not well-trained to see what a proper parental love looks like. I agree. So, (laughs) Roberta, thank you so much for that. And so where can my listeners find you?
1: Well, I am in the process now of... My team, you know, working behind the scenes with my team moms to Beyond podcast. So I will be launching that soon. I am working, working, working on that development. I'm also working on a journal for mm-hmm. team moms to Beyond because one of the outlets um, that I I use a lot growing up into motherhood and into just becoming the person that I am today I journal. I yes. had to have the outlet with my pen and paper so I'm actually telling my story every Tuesday on my Facebook page I've been sharing the testimony of the teen mom to beyond journey from being a product of a teen mom to being a Former team mom. And so just being able to make those connections with people that still feel like they're stuck in their circumstances, some Absolutely. of their choices and their situations. So my personal page um, is Roberta Axon. And then again, I have the Teen Mom to Beyond podcast that will be launching soon.
0: Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Roberta. So I'm going to leave all the links on the show notes below, uh, what for now will be the Facebook page that the Roberta is very active on. And guys, I guarantee you, if you follow Roberta, you're going to see exactly what I see in terms of how she just shows up and how she's always nourishing people who are following her and actually very responsive. Uh, and I noticed, Roberta, you don't forget much. Because if I say to you something, I'll believe I'll, I'll one of my many voice notes. And even if it's like two weeks prior, you're oh, ma'am, how are you? How is whatever is that I mentioned? You, it's like those are little finer details. I notice that you don't forget them. So there's some, you're and quite attuned.
1: <laughs> that's the connection. I, Mariam, I am really relational. You know, that's one yes. of the things that I am grateful for the gift of relationships and I just believe in cultivating I believe in showing up you know for myself now more yes and you know and that way people can get what they need and I can receive because again iron sharpens iron so I need what I need what you have and you need what I have and so when we make those connections and build that relationship then we can be the best product of who we are, the best version of ourselves, Absolutely. so that we can reach the the masses. We can reach the, reach the audience that we've been ordained to speak to and bless. I'll say, mic drop. <laughs> That's amazing, Roberta. That's yeah,
0: you know, you're right. What you're saying is completely correct. Uh, I cannot um, add any more to that. It's true. It's um, it's something that. You know, we learn and we pour on to others as well. That's, yes. Um, yes. So thank you so much. Oh, actually, one more question before I go. Someone like yourself, you must have some kind of method or system that you use for self-care. What is that? Please share with the rest of the world.
1: I am happy to share because actually I have the five pillars and the team mom to be young because self-care is number one. Yes. I did not I did not know what self-care was, how to conduct that for myself. So these will be the pillars that I will be teaching former mm-hmm. team moms as well as women who are products of team moms because again you didn't you may not have had an example to teach you how to take care of yourself, how to give yourself your best first so that others can get that from that versus you giving them first and then you get Mm -hmm. what's left over of of your for yourself so yes self-care time management you know taking the time Mm -hmm. for yourself scheduling time for yourself literally to take a nap schedule that schedule to go get your nails done schedule to go um you know pick up your favorite smoothie Or make your favorite smoothie. Watch your favorite show. Listen, dance with yourself. Miriam, I like dancing with myself. I I do. (laughs) Dancing is just my thing. (laughs) Taking the time, maximizing every minute of every day. It is so vital. It is so vital. And so then the money management because I had to learn what mm-hmm. a budget meant when I was a teen mom. Yeah. I lived off limited resources, but guess what? I I really did well. When I look back, being yeah. you know because I'm am a teacher now and I went through nursing programs, so I worked as a nurse as well. But looking back, to if you can respect the least and the little, you can get more. Yes, you will be you will get you will receive more. So even learning how to manage the money. So I will, I'm definitely going to be doing some teaching with that. And mm-hmm. then the personal and professional development. So because this is how I see it, personal has to be first and then you can develop as a professional. Yes. So when you're investing in the things that you need to know for yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, you're developing as a personal, as your Absolutely. individual, in your individuality, and then you can develop in your career. And so those are the five pillars for Teen Moms to be that I will be spending time on the podcast, sharing mm-hmm. more wisdom, more nuggets regarding that. But for me, self-care is really, you know, and it's in different seasons because we're in the third quarter now. So I'm looking more. I I got I got back in the gym yesterday. So that's been a priority for me is to work on my fit. I have to work on the physical and the fit pillar, the fitness, you know, that's vital for me right Mm. now. And just learning how to rest my mind and my body, you know, being still. Yes. Just being able, because we we are so, you know, and I don't like to use the word busy. I try to say productive. <laughs> so, but sometimes I do have to use the word busy because when I, yeah. when, when you, to me, when you hear the word busy, that doesn't mean you were, you were able to accomplish something. No, because we're busy doing Just, nothing. You could be busy doing absolutely nothing. So I like to say I was productive today. I yes. was accomplished today. You know, I was able to accomplish some things. But guess what, Marion? Sometimes I have to just say, you know what? Yes. I was be- I was busy today and I yes. did not do much of anything. Yes. <laughs> and so, but learning even in that to just rest my mind and not let all the tasks attack mm-hmm. me at once. So being able to really clear the clutter. So that's my self care, where I am now. That's like the self the self care model that I have now. Hmm. Care, care, self, care for, yeah, care for self. And so, what does that look like? today because what it looks like today may not look the same for next week or next Absolutely. month or even ne- or even next quarter do you know what i know exactly what you're saying for this week for myself for example i've had to
0: reschedule so many things because my daughter was not at nursery and now uh, in the uk um it could be different in the us if um a teacher or a nursery have tested positive for covid anybody who's been with that you know in close proximity with that person they have to self-isolate for 10 days So it means my daughter could not go school and nursery for the entire week, which means any scheduling that I had during the day, which there were plenty, I had to reschedule or cancel. Now, when you're working for yourself, you know, that could bring a level of stress on that you didn't anticipate. Now, this is I've already said there's some things we can't really control. Right. And um, because she's meant to be self-isolating, I can't really have another person come and take it taking over because. She could potentially be at risking others because she's meant to be in quarantine, if that makes sense. Yes. So, yes. so, this week, hence, we are doing this podcast very late in the evening, which actually works well for me, for you, because it's during the day <laughs> where you are and it's nighttime here yes. in the UK. Yes. It's a few hours, several hours difference between us. So, yes. But when it comes to self care, I literally had to go to that space and stay still. But because of the circumstances, I've had to become still, whether I like it or not. So during the day, I'm either painting, I'm playing, you know, we're playing silly games with our three-year-old toddler, or we're riding around, we're doing dancing, we're doing painting, we're doing colouring. Anything that I I didn't have in my schedule to be doing on Monday afternoon at 1 p.m., that was not in the artillery. But I I kind of just had to let go. It means at nighttime Mm -hmm. I'm sending emails and I'm scheduling to send first thing (laughs) eight o'clock in the morning because I can't do it. But at the same time, I was acutely aware that the stress that was coming through on some of the targets that I set for myself. And I could have easily found myself in a um, stress cycle uh, and being worried about that. But at the same time, I think, you know what? Nobody's dying. You know, right. Nobody's. I, everybody's fine, right? Yes, yes. And, uh, whatever I can do now, I, if I cannot do it this week, I can do it next week and the week after. It's not the end of the world. And you
1: know what? That's it. So here we are. Yes, yes. And it worked out and it will always work out because sometimes yes. you said a key word, stillness. Yes. Stillness. We, we can't be so busy moving all the time because Absolutely. you don't get a, you don't get a chance to be patient in the process if you're always moving. And so that's major for me with the self-care resting and being mm. still, being quiet, listening and hearing because listening and hearing they're different. They're not the yes. same. Yes. So, all a part of the self-care.
0: And also listening to our bodies, because sometimes we can be overriding what our bodies need. You know, we are feeling we've got this amount and task we've got to do, but our bodies are telling us, I just need you to sit down. If you don't sit down, eventually I'm going to make you sick, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so our rational brain would override our, our needs, about the needs of our bodies, our physical bodies. And yes. as we push ourselves to the limit time and time and time and time again. So, yes. and we
1: can't really do that, you know, because again, that's where our self-worth and our value of time and of ourselves, it, it's going to matter most.
0: Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yes.
1: Well, that's all, Roberta, unless there's something well, else
0: you'd like to add as a bonus, but I think I've extracted other questions. Well, uh, thank you today. so much
1: for the opportunity, Marion. I really appreciate this. No,
0: thank you. Honestly, it's, it's my pleasure, Roberta. Obviously, I'm going to be in your inbox tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been so wonderful. And I would just say, just continue being you because, you know, we all wait, no matter how positive we are, you know, I'm a very much of an optimistic person and I mm-hmm. try to uh, dim the light so much on my pessimism. However, there are some days when I wake up and I just feel that there were, you know, I have so much weight on my shoulders. And it is those days, sometimes I get the most random message from Roberta saying, Mariam, and I'm like, oh, yes. (laughs) So thank you for that. So, yeah, it's you're awesome and just remain your awesome self.
1: You, Marion, for this beautiful opportunity to, to be a part of the Fragmented Families podcast, because we have to continue healing. We Absolutely. deserve we deserve healing, and we deserve love in our family, unconditional love. And Absolutely. I hope I hope that I've expressed that the importance of the journey, because it is a journey of having grace having compassion and having unconditional love for ourselves as well as for others. Absolutely. Well, Roberta, thank you so much
0: for that. Oh, Roberta, the pleasure is all mine, honestly. And guys, remember, if you are a former teen parent, or you're currently supporting a teen parent, please get in touch with Roberta. She's just incredible, like you've just listened to her. She is incredible, I kid you not. So find her, she's got real good mindset strategies to help you navigate the very the tricky world of being a teenager parent, or when you're supporting someone who's a teenager parent, or you were a former teenager parent yourself and you are still stuck in a particular story. Find Roberta. You won't regret it. Thank you. So that is all for this week's amazing episode with a wonderful Roberta. You know, I love this conversation show so, so much. Like, literally, I am... Um, oh, it's um, such a... So refreshing, you know, just hearing Roberta's perspective. is It is amazing. Her outlook in life, despite everything that she's had to overcome over the years, is incredible. So, my takeaway from this episode, I know there's so many, but I just kind of have to round it up a little bit, you know, break into little chunks, is specifically when she speaks about generational cycle or curse as she calls it. My, my takeaway is, or oh, if, if, if you're going to take away anything from this podcast, I would say, look at the tra- trajectory that you are heading towards. Is it creating something new or are you about to repeat the predictable past, also known as generational cycle? Roberta says this is changeable as in you can write a different story for yourself you don't have to repeat the same story my other takeaway is that roberta shared that she felt she was abandoned and rejected as a child right especially by her biological father and later on her stepfather who was present but not available and my takeaway is that being abandoned and rejected as a child can skew how you feel and how you view yourself and your self-worth but it doesn't have to be what defines you you know when we don't have the language for those things when you were children it's difficult to navigate but as an adult you can change this and just simply know that you're enough so that's my takeaway for here um another thing that Roberta mentioned is another many of the takeaways from this episode is that it is all in the decision as in you can make you can wake up and make a different choice You can choose to do things and respond differently. Pay attention to your daily decisions. Okay. Pay attention to your daily decisions. I know, you know, when you, when you listen to me long enough, you know that I'm a reductionist, As in, I often reduce very complex circumstances to quotes and analogies. But I feel like sometimes analogies do help us sometimes to view things slightly differently. My other takeaway from this is a bit be radical. And see the obstacles that you're facing in your life as a blessing that would help you learn and begin to grow that's it and most importantly my last takeaway from this episode is that be patient with the process don't be so hard on yourself when you're trying to change something and you're getting so much resistance otherwise the the word resistance wouldn't have existed because we know it's a thing resistance to change is a real thing even if it's good for you you become resistance to it because sometimes we believe we're not worth it so Try to stick yourself in the mirror and tell yourself you're pretty or you're enough. Listen to what your brain says to you. So be patient with yourself. All right. Anyway, thank you so much guys for listening. And I can't wait to catch up with you guys again on the next episode. Thank you.